Hi, my name is Vladimir Uren, and I'm an applications engineer at QuantumFlow. And according to Rick Sanchez, the point automation is to reduce cost and labor, so it must be true. Hello and welcome to today's episode of This Is Automation. I'm your host, Corey Dallas, and today we will be talking with a very special guest, Vlad Uran from QuantumFlow. Um, thanks for joining us, Vlad. Thank you for having me. So, Vlad, as we get started with the discussion about uh, QuantumFlow, which is uh, the company you work with, um, and the plumbing industry and the state of automation in, in that industry. Before we do that, I wanted to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so can you quickly uh, give us uh, an introduction to who Vlad is and what your background is? Well, I'm Vlad, Vladimir. Um, Vladimir with a B, not with a V, so I'm not Russian. And my background is in, it's in electrical. And before using PLCs, which is uh, what I work with every day. I was toying around with microcontrollers such as uh, the Arduinos and the PICs. And I used to use them a lot during my school years. And I used them, especially during my uh, senior design class, we used that. And I also used it at home as a hobby. Awesome. So tell us a little bit more about your current role as an application engineer at QuantumFlow. Well, mostly I'm, I'm in charge of the uh, software development and uh, mostly doing controls, uh, the PLC programming, the HMI programming, uh, but also a lot of R&D, uh, R&D in uh, BFD, variable frequency drives, R&D in sensor, sensors, anything from uh, flow meters to uh, pressure reading sensors. Um, mostly, yeah, mostly software development. Awesome. So you've got a background in microcontrollers and electronics. How did you find yourself in, you know, the automation PLC industry? Have you always been involved in, in the industry? Well, I, I like microcontrollers from the beginning, but uh, I kind of stumbled into this job with, uh, when I came in. Um, I knew there was some, I want always to do, I always wanted to do controls. I didn't know it was going to be PLC. Actually, funny, funny story, you know, in the electrical background, you know, you got to take a lot of programming classes such as C, C++, and those are mandatory. And I got lucky, I, I got lucky in one year that I took as an elective, I took a PLC, PLC class just to fill up my, my schedule. And it turns out that's what I end up doing. <laughs> that's what I'm doing these days. Yeah, that's, a, I think, a pretty common story that I hear because most uh, engineering types aren't taking PLC and automation classes, maybe just one here, one there, a spare elective or something, and then you kind of fall into it and, uh, you know, end up doing it for, for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, that's what kind of happened to me, yeah. Awesome. So I wanted to spend some time today to learn more about your industry um, and how QuantumFlow uh, goes to market, um, specifically, you know, with a focus on technology and automation. So, um, in the interest of having that discussion, can you just give us a quick introduction to quantum flow? Yes, quantum flow. So here in quantum flow, uh, we, uh, pride ourselves to be the leaders in the 
manufacturing and distribution of advanced variable speed control package pump system. So what that means is that um, the keyword here is variable speed control. Um, back in the days, uh, package pump, well, we also do package pump. That means that um, we send a whole skid out already built and the contractors just have to uh, plug and play. They don't have to do any finessing with it. They don't have to uh, program VFDs. They don't have to program uh, PID loops. They just press the start binding and on they go. And the uh, variable speed control means that our system, our control skids have uh, VFDs inside the boxes. We, we, we put the VFDs inside of control ventilated bots. And because back in the days, um, you know, whenever you needed pressure, it was just a start, start and stop go system. So uh, kind of like uh, if, if you live here down in Florida and then you live on a, on a well water system, uh, you have a pump, a submersible pump somewhere in your backyard. And uh, the pump just kicks on, it feeds a tank, and it has a, a little um, pressure switch that has a range, and it would just turn on. And when it's happy, and then it will turn off, and it will turn back on whenever the pressure drops. We don't do it that way. We have a VFD that um, it's just, it turns on, and it controls the speed, and it doesn't have to go all full speed. It could go half speed, a quarter speed, whatever it needs to go, and also maintain pressure at the same time at the same time, at, the, at a constant, constant pressure. So the, the pressure is never fluctuating. You know, you don't want to be in the, uh, if you're in a hotel taking a shower, you don't want the water to be uh, just spilling back and forth. Yeah, so there's a, a couple things you mentioned that I, I definitely want to circle back to to uh, talk more about. Um, but before that, um, can you give us a brief history of, of quantum flow, kind of where uh, quantum flow came from, how it started? Well, this is many, many years on, many, many years ago, early on, my boss uh, and owner of the company, uh, David Carrier, many, many years ago, saw where the industry was heading, and he used to work for other companies, and he said, hey, I want to go on my own and start my own company, and he did that by himself, and, you know, from an early start, he adopted the uh, <clears throat> the, the early technologies, um, he adopted BFDs, and yeah, that's the PLCs from the get-go. Yeah, that, that's something I find, you know, really interesting about quantum flow and, and where quantum flow sits in the market is, you know, it's really rooted in technology and a history of adopting technology and being an early adopter to technology. Um, so we'll talk more about those things. Um, but uh, to, to give everybody, uh, you know, kind of the same information to work with, get everybody on the same page, you've talked about how uh, booster systems work a little bit, these pump systems. Um, can you give us a little bit more detailed explanation of, you know, where you would see these and why why are they needed? Yes, well, the name booster comes from the word boost, right? So, uh, like a rocket ship, you're trying to boost something up. So, um, the um, so whenever a new building is in construction, the uh, the engineers come in and they calculate how much water pressure is needed to feed the whole the whole building. And sometimes uh, the, the water coming from the city is not enough to feed it. For example, here in Florida, we're, uh, we're very flat. And anything higher than, what, three stories, uh, you probably need a booster pump just to boost up that pressure. So that's where we come in. 
whenever they build in a, a building such as a hospital, a hotel, uh, uh, you know, anything, a stadium, then um, <clears throat> they come in, they use our sizing program, and they go in there and we we customize the system for them that will uh, meet their requirements pressure-wise. Yeah, I was just going to say it's it's really interesting the the you know uh, variety of markets that you guys are involved in. Um, yeah. yeah, really anywhere there's plumbing, right? You may see a, a quantum flow Pretty booster much pump. Cold. Yeah, um, where cold water, yes. I mean, mm-hmm. every building has an HVAC um, system, but uh, plumbing comes in when um, when the pressure coming from the street is not enough. And sometimes some places like in Central and South America or even some places in, down in Texas and Arizona where um, they use a tank, what they call a buffer tank, a day tank, um, their pressure is zero. So they got to use the booster pump just to boost that water back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe uh, to bring it down to even even simpler terms, anytime you uh, go to a hotel, right, there's uh, uh, tons of water consumers, right, especially in the morning, right? Okay. Uh, you're going to be taking showers, flushing the toilet, you know, washing your hands, and all of those mm-hmm. uh, different consumers in the hotel are expecting, you know, a consistent water pressure. So, you know, a booster pump time. system <laughs> is is you know making sure that 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 pressure is always available uh, for use by those different uh, consumers in, inside the hotel, so that when someone flushes their toilet, your water doesn't you know shut off. Yep, the same pressure all the time, no matter how much uh, demand is on the building. Exactly. So you, you mentioned earlier, you know, how quantum flow started um, in, in an industry that was, you know, somewhat behind from a technology perspective. You already uh, kind of mentioned the, um, uh, you know, the old way of, of approaching a, a booster system where you're using a constant speed pump and then just reducing the pressure through a, some sort of a control valve. Um, which is not very energy efficient. You're always running at 100%, and then just you know wasting that energy, right? So, right. can you right. give us just a little more context to uh, you know what the water plumbing industry is like, and you know what the automation and technology landscape is like, and then further onto that, how does Quantum Flow compete in you know this kind of industry where you know maybe technology is is a little behind? Sure thing. Uh, well, when I, well, our industry um, is very slow to change into accept new technology, and it's all because, uh, you know, the old saying, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know, that approach. And to an extent, they're right, because new technology uh, means that you have to train uh, the service people, and you got to adapt them to the new technology. And as an OEM, we also don't like that much uh, turnaround as we need to support it for many, many more years to come. So to, to an extent, that's kind of true. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're spoiled these days in the consumer side because, you know, we get a new cell phone why every, what, six months? And I uh, expect that to be the same here in our industry, but no, it's not the same. And we don't want it to be for those reasons, uh, training and, uh, and adaptation. Um, uh, well, another sample is uh, VFDs. I mean, VFDs been around for a very long time. Uh, you know, companies such as ABB, Hitachi, Falcon, they've been making VFDs forever. But uh, you've seen them more and more now in our industry just because, you know, uh, technology's gotten better. Uh, 
the footprint got smaller and energy laws came into play where they're actually demanding obligating buildings to uh, to use them now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, another sample of um, you know uh, the uh, the autom- the technology behind it, it was uh, well, since the beginning we've been giving people a customer this nice big colorful touchscreen for them to use, but <laughs> it, uh, they didn't want them. They still wanted to use push buttons and switches, and we said, no, nah, no, nah, come come use this new nice little technology and. F- for some reason, they still wanted to use push button, but now, literally, you know, as time goes on, they're 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 adopting the technology, and you know, it's nice to have a, a nice touch screen with nice pictures on them, I guess. Yeah. So, talk a little bit more to that. How how do you approach, um, you know, your your customers and uh, try to get them on board with technology like the example that, that you gave just something as simple as switching from push button control to an hmi which is going to give much more flexibility and control how do you coach your customers through that a lot, a lot of back and forth you know um you know we have a rep team out there doing the job for us and you know they talk to their uh to their local engineers and then we get a spec we read the spec and we say hey um we can do it better we can do it this way and then it's just a lot of communication between our reps and the engineers what would you say is the biggest challenge facing your industry right now well uh getting everybody on the same page and up to date just because um like like i mentioned before uh, we get the job there are the specs and a lot of specs are just uh really old really uh copy and paste from the hvac side of things and we're in the plumbing side so they think they're the same but it's not really the same but um you know after we talk to engineers they get they get on board and they like what we bring to the table so that's how we we get everyone up to speed so you would say that the the biggest challenge is, is really educating the industry and and getting the the industry to adopt new technologies. That is correct, and like I said before, previously that um, many many uh, many engineers, you know, the if it ain't broke, don't fix it approach. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, some of some some you know, not 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 all of them, but most of them, they're on board with the with the new stuff and. And like I said, some of the new lawyers are forced in their hands. Right. Just yeah. Use these, a lot of energy laws, mostly coming from out west, you know, California and whatnot. So, how do you view um, your company, Quantum Flow? Um, how do you differentiate um, from a technology perspective in, in the market? And then, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, we put all from the beginning. Um, we said, okay, um, we got to we got to create a program that it's a one fit all kind of program. And uh, many companies' uh, main focus are the VFDs, just because the VFDs uh, have a lot of nice features that that could do the job, such as you know they have integrated PIDs and all that. But we we decided okay now we we just need, we need to create a an operating a booster operated system software that will work with multiple VFDs uh, 
and it's a lot faster because the, the the micro control the microprocessor on a on a PLC is gotta be a lot better than the one inside of VSD. And uh, with all the uh, advanced coding you could do with the newer PLCs, especially with some of the new newer PLCs, because back in the days, um, some just uh, the only way to program a PLC was using uh, ladder logic. And some of the newer PLCs today uh, support the IEC uh, what 61131-3 um, mm -hmm. programming standards. So now you can write in uh, multiple languages that are pretty close to, uh, you know, uh, function block, structure test, which is close to like C or C++, whatever. And it makes it more efficient. So PID loops, you can do uh, better PID loops. Uh, the customer doesn't have to go into the field and mess with the PID uh, parameters. It's already programmed for them. They don't have to touch anything. Uh, we can do better, uh, more uh, complex math, so we can now calculate, uh, we can estimate flow flow rates without having an actual flow meter installed in the system. So that's uh, pretty good right there. So all, all of this is wrapped up in kind of the latest version of Quantum Flow's software. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so, so everything everything that we have learned throughout the years, um, it's all, it's all in, in all the feedback that we get from the field, from uh, our reps and the engineers, it's all in there now. Uh, you know, we, we give them all the bells and whistles that we can give them, and plus more, and it's all standard. So talk about that that new development. Um, you know, Quantum Flow may you know develop this entirely new software system that you you call IQ Flow 3.0. Can you talk about how long did that uh, take to develop? What were some of the challenges in in that development? Well, it's called yes, it's called IQ Flow 3.0 because it's a third generation uh, program. Like I said, uh, and this. Uh, Third generation program is under the new hardware that we currently use in, which is the BNR hardware. Um, and the reason how we came to 3.0 is actually before that, since we're trying to keep up and keep adding new features and updating the program, we kind of ran out of space. We kind of ran the old hardware to its limit. And at one point, we decided, okay, we got we got to start looking into a new um, to new hardware that could do what we're trying to do plus more. So that's how we came across uh, BNR. And we were shopping around other companies and BNR came in and, uh, you know, customized uh, a hardware setup for us to use. Uh, we like the all-in-one bundle where the touchscreen and the PLC is all in one. And, uh, you know, with a nice one, like an Intel processor in there. and. Uh, we were able to do it. It took about, a, I want to say about a year, year and a half to actually complete and full, fully debug the program. And uh, we've been using it, I think it's uh, two, two and a half years now we've been using it and everything's going good. So uh, tell me what, what your favorite part of the, you know, either the finished uh, product is or the, the actual development was, was your favorite uh, thing. Oh, my favorite part was the development part, uh, just because uh, I got to play with a new toy, and I went from um, 
writing everything in lateral object to now writing in a mostly structured text. Actually, the 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 best part, the, the part I had the most fun with was uh, doing the uh, graphical side of thing, the HMI part, uh, doing all the little icons, uh, the uh, animation. That was that was pretty fun. Yeah, I must say, I think uh, you you have one of the uh, better visualizations out there in 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 the market. Um, do you have any uh, tips or tricks to share? Well, I use a lot of GIMP and a lot of paint, but uh, you know, our our, our, our equipment uh, normally after it's been commissioned sits on the uh, on the bottom of a dusty, dark basement where all the pumps and all, everything is, all the equipment is, and nobody ever sees this until they have to do some service. But yeah, we still went through the trouble to make it a, make it look as good as possible, as uh, user intuitive as possible, visually pleasing. Just because you know we want to give our our best, even though nobody ever going to see it. It's not like one of those uh, Coca Cola uh, make your own flavor machine that you, you know some with like Burger King has it, where you just take the flavor and all that. Well, our stuff sits on. It's in the basement. Nobody sees it, but that's okay. It looks yeah. nice. It looks good when we bring it to uh, trade shows and whatnot. Yeah, I think uh, you know an important point you brought up there is um, a lot of these industrial machines, and in a lot of cases, especially heavily automated ones like like the booster system that you have, you you pretty much set it up and let it run. But I think yeah. that uh, visualization becomes very very important in you know a the you know. Uh, commissioning phase um, and then B uh, anytime there's service required so can you talk about how those two scenarios being commissioning and servicing and diagnostics how did those inform the well, design decisions that you made yeah we put uh, wizards everywhere so if, uh, if there's a, an issue or commissioning uh, we put a wizard it would just uh, follow simple steps very intuitive you just press uh, what these screens suggest doing. Um, they got to do service and know right away what's, uh, what's wrong or what needs to be done. Commissioning, it takes no more than 20 minutes to complete. Uh, yeah, very, very, very uh, user-friendly. Uh, so, you know, it's very, it's very intuitive. So at Rats, when we bring them in here for training, we do, we do uh, factory training. When we, treat them, uh, we train them on IQ for 3.0. They love it. They, they catch on right away. Uh, we normally don't tell them, we, we normally break the system on purpose and let them uh, figure it out on their own. And it, just like that, they can do it just by following some uh, simple directions in the screen. Yeah, I think that speaks to how important like uh, uh, UI and UX is important to uh, visualization design on an industrial machine. I know that uh, it's often an afterthought, like you're saying, the, the kind of the standard opinion in, in industry is, well, it's not going to be used that much or it's just going to be used in an industrial setting. So it doesn't need to, you know, be easy to use. Um, but I think um, in, in your development, you took a pretty contrarian approach to make sure that it was easy to use and that it's simple to start up. Um, what kind of feedback have you gotten from the market so far on that? Oh, they love it. Yeah. And that was one of the main, um, one of the main points that uh, David Carrier, my boss, um, wanted to get across just because we, uh, 
we also, you know, it's not just, we, we also cover parts that uh, we, we cover the Canada and Central and South America. So, you know, some places don't speak English. So that's why we made it very icon based, kind of like your phone. So anybody can understand it. So can you tell us, you know, what are some of the new things that you're working on right now? Uh, what does what the future look like for, for Quantum Flow? We just finished doing uh, an irrigate, uh, rainwater collection program. Uh, very big right now. We're trying to move into that area. Uh, we're trying to, we're doing a lot of water transfer um, programs where you have, uh, when you've got to just move water from one place to another, uh, not base, base uh, not pressure based, but uh, level based. So municipal, the, some, some place which anywhere where you're trying to uh, bring uh, pump water up or pump water down. We're also trying to implement the new uh, communication standard uh, just because, uh, you know, when, whenever, whenever we get a spec, uh, we never know what they want and it's customer driven. So they, they want to use your bag mix and your my bus. And I think OPC US is going to combine all of them and just put one into one. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. And it's open, it's free. <laughs> Why not, right? <laughs> Good. So uh, talk a little bit more about um, communications. Um, I know this is a, it's a common pain. It's not just something that um, the plumbing industry feels as far as having you know, multiple different building automation protocols there, you know, I think there's an analogous uh, challenge across the industry. So talk about how you see yeah. OPC UA as a solution for that. What, what kind of problems that could solve? Yeah. I mean, like you say, you know, you have one building and every, every little section they use their own little protocol and you don't, you don't never know what they want. I mean, in the plumbing side, you know, you got back there, you got Modbus, but then you got HVAC. They could be using something else, maybe long works so or what, whatever. He's a net, and uh, that's the challenge because um, you got so many, you got so many protocols out there. Uh, you just can't cover them all, and it, it'll be a lot easier where you just have one, and everybody just follows that one. I think it makes the OEM side life easier, and it'll make the uh, building automation people happy also yeah yeah i think that's a it's a good point the you know standardization of protocols both at the field bus level and you know building automation level um and, and even up to the cloud is uh it, it's much needed it's and I, I think it's inevitable right yeah it's a mess you got a boiler talking one language you got a the booster talking another language you got whatever light lighting talking another language yeah, it creates a lot of issues with, you know, diagnostics, um, trying to understand what's going on. You end up with all of these protocol conversion cards, so on and so forth. So being able to, you know, yeah. hopefully in the near future, um, implement OPC UA as kind of a standard from, you know, the field level up uh, could, could greatly simplify that. And I know there's um, even some, uh, you know, collaboration between BACnet and OPC UA as far as um, mapping the information models between the two. So I know that, uh, you know, hopefully that's that's coming in the near future and we'll start to see some of those painful issues uh, dwindle away. Yeah. Okay, good. So, you know, my, my 
big takeaway from from our discussion so far is is you know quantum flow is is a really technology focused company a company that's really rooted in technology and you know the biggest challenge that you've seen so far is is just educating the market um you know how that technology can benefit them how it's better than what they're doing now which i know is is tough uh given the you know if, if it ain't broke don't fix it uh kind of mentality that that a lot of people have um, but i think it's really respectable the way that quantum flow approaches uh you know technology as you know an agent for change to better the market and to provide better solutions to be more energy efficient um so on and so forth um so i think that's that's really interesting for people to hear about and um hopefully the uh, efforts of education you know continue to um you know change the market and you know the the innovative oems out there like quantum flow are making uh you know big changes they're they're kind of pushing these changes down to the market and the market is starting to adapt them i think um you know people are becoming less and less reliant on specification i think is something that we we've, we've seen in the market they're more willing to uh you know make a, a modification or accept a deviation to to a spec if they understand that the technology is, is better in some way. So it's uh, really refreshing to hear that, you know, there are, like I said, you know, the innovative technology focused OEMs out there like QuantumFlow um, that are, you know, making those changes to, to make the market better. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we're trying to set the standard. I mean, any any company could put a pump and a BFD together. I mean, we've even seen uh, some companies trying to copy our uh, general design, but uh, what sets us apart is actually the software. That's uh, that's the secret sauce. Yeah, that, that's another really good point. I'd, I'd like to talk about for just a, a second. Um, you know, hardware at some level is is commoditized, whether that's you know uh, stainless right. steel piping and pumps, or whether it's a PLC yeah. and IO cards, right? Um, right. The software is really right. where where the magic happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the pumps, you know, we use this, uh, in suction for centrifugal pump or a submersible pump or, uh, you know, induction motor. Everything is, you know, it's pretty standardized. Anybody can find that, that anywhere, you know. What sets the apart was is the software. And, you know, it took a while to complete it. And I, I think it, we did it a lot faster than we were planning to do just because, you know, the team over there at BNR was very helpful. Uh, everybody, everybody was a what we call a PLC guru. You know, we used previous vendors, previous uh, manufacturers in the in the past, and uh, you know they, these were big companies, and they always had one or two guys that they knew their stuff. So when we came over to Vietnam, we found we could quickly find out that you know everybody, essentially the whole company knew their their PLC stuff. So that was very refreshing. So any any time I run into trouble or issues. They're just an email or a phone call away. Awesome. That's really good to hear. Um, and yeah, like I said, I think, you know, you've, you've done a really good job, um, you know, as, as the lead for that project to help differentiate the software, to take, you know, a, a platform, like you've said, and uh, turn it into something unique and special in the market um, that's that's focused on, on technology and, and differentiation. That's really good job. So kudos to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So if people want to learn more about quantum flow um, or are interested in learning more about the uh, IQ flow system, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, the best way is just going to our, our website, uh, www.quantumflow with uh, no W at the end, just quantumflow.com. 
And uh, actually in there, we have an online siphon program, which is called TACUFLOW. And uh, it's there for anybody to use, especially engineers. They just sign up in an account and they could um, put in a project. If they have a building, they're building. They just put in some follow um, few steps, some few numbers, and then we'll actually calculate our system for them just for that building, customize for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, tell, tell me a little yeah. bit more about that because, like, um, again, with quantum flow being technology focused, there's automation not just in the in the systems, right? There's actually automation in the business processes as well. So, talk about yeah. how that like sizing tool and opening that well, up it, to the end user works. So you know, you know, since you know taxes and this past. So if you ever used uh, uh, the HNL block or QuickBook, whatever program you use, it's just it's just like that. You just follow steps and you you fill in the blanks and you, you press the next. Very easy to use, very intuitive. And it will give you some systems for you to pick and you, you choose what system you want and it will work and will guarantee that it will work for you. Yeah, it's really awesome to put the you know the, the power in the hands of the customer to to size out their system yeah. and then that automates the, the process and um you know you can take that information directly and, and start building, right? Yeah, and it's a, just like uh, IQ Flow is very icon, very graphic based, so it's very easy to follow no matter where you are in the world. And it's there. You just got to sign up, make a new account, and uh, we want uh, every engineer to just give it a try and use it, give it a try. So, Vlad, do you have any closing thoughts to share about Quantum Flow uh, or about the development that you've worked on or, or any of the other topics that we've discussed today? Yeah, just to wrap it up, uh, Quantum Flow, like I said, uh, we're very uh, technology focused and we're going to keep pushing the limits and uh, keep working on the program, updating and trying to raise the bar for everybody else to follow. And uh, we're going to keep keep going ahead and uh, bring them exciting and new things to the market. That's all. Excellent, Vlad. Thank you so much again for joining the conversation. Really enjoyed it. In future episodes, we're going to be diving into more exciting topics and more common questions and automation. We've got episodes lined up on topics like machine vision, IoT, robotics, and much more. There are many more special guests and special topics that you'll definitely want to keep an eye out for. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can do that by just searching This Is Automation. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review and a comment on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And if you'd like to get in touch with me or have an idea for the show, please pass that along to me on LinkedIn or by email at automationpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time on This Is Automation. Automation.